and he's got his gun and his lights turn on. You pull over and you do what he's what you're supposed to do. But if he were just standing on the side of the road, jumping up and down and throwing a tantrum, trying to get you to behave or to do what he wanted, it's not effective. And that's a lot for us as parents. Your kids have to know that you are in control. You are literally in control, you know, as well. But and you do have their best interest at heart. And so you could talk about discipline. Um, one of the things for our family is that we had purchased years ago this it's an if-then chart that doorposts put out. And it basically has the sin on one column. It has scripture in the middle and then consequences on the end. And, um, and so our kids, we were, we were very familiar with this chart. The kids knew this is the rule. There is no lying. There is no stealing toys from your brother, your sister. There is no hitting. You know, just all of the, um, just what, you know, just a bazillion, not really. I mean, just general rules on respect. Okay, seven or eight. Seems like a lot. It's, so it is a simple chart. It truly is. But it shows lying lips, is, it's an abomination to the Lord. And then you, as a parent, get to say, this is going to be the consequence. But the kids know, no matter what, if I do this, this is what's going to happen. There are no surprises. I'm not having to think on the top of my head, what should I do? Let's go to look at the chart. You tell me, what does it say? What did you do? And so, yeah, we spank our kids. We don't need more. We don't really have to. We had to a lot when they were little. And we've been talking to our kids this last week, asking them, what has been effective for you? What worked? <laughs> Go ahead, be honest. What didn't work? What did you like? What did you, you know, even if it was painful to you, and all of them were different, and Cal was a lot like Andrew, and Cal pushed us always. And he, even as an 18-month-old, we'd say, keep your sippy cup in the kitchen on the tile floor, and he'd push that one toe over and then look at us to see, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And he has been that way his whole life. He's always pushing that envelope with us. Just to see, are you going to be consistent? I see what you're saying. So, um, but then, and for Cal, he was also, we'd spank him and he'd say, he'd, oh, ow. But then later he'd say, that didn't hurt. Or we'd overhear him saying that didn't hurt. And, um, but what he hated was being separated from us. And he had in his room a little gate and I would put him in his room and a lot of times it was for my own sanity, and I would shut that gate and say, you stay right there. And the reality is, every one of his toys was in that room, but he was away from us, so he would sit against that gate and say, Mom, Dad, you know, and he wanted to be with us. And they, he would stay there. I didn't do, you're seven, you stay there for seven minutes. For Oh, no. I mean, he may be in there for 30 minutes. He may be there an hour. It was the time I needed until I knew, okay, now we can come back together and we can talk about this. He was not in harm's way in any way. Jenna was very different. Jenna, you just looked at her funny, and she'd cry, and she realized she broke your heart, and she wanted to resolve things. Um, we still spanked her. We didn't have to as much. And then Mia was a different child altogether until she received Jesus as her Lord and her Savior. And truly, there was a change of her heart truly and um, she was a different kid so yes we were consistent with how we had a discipline but we also understood there are differences in the kids and they will um, react differently to the discipline and it does hurt you truly and I know you know that it hurts you more than it hurts them when you discipline because you see where they are you see where they're walking and you know what's best for them and you know it it's a burden on the lord's heart too and we do have a responsibility and it's hard it's tiring and there will be nights that you might just go to your room and cry because you'd wonder lord are they going to be okay but just praying over your kids and being consistent and letting them know that you love them and yes you do forgive them and um his mercies are new every morning, and we get a fresh start the next day and the next time, and um, just trying to model that for them. Um, our, our oldest two, uh, we weren't hesitant at, at all uh, to, to swat them uh, when they deserved it. We, like a, like a referee, 
would say, here's, here's the rule, uh, here's the foul uh, that you committed, uh, and here's your punishment. Uh, there's really no discussion. Uh, we would we would swat them, and I remember several uh, instances. Uh, one particularly with with Matt. As soon as he got swatted, uh, he would of, of course cry, and then he would turn uh, with his arms open uh, to try to hug us to restore a relationship uh, that you know he he sensed as well was broken. He had he had violated uh, our our rule. Uh, and and made us upset as well, uh, but he wanted to restore that relationship. And the same was same was true with with Ashley. When they got the SWAT, they immediately wanted to correct uh, their behavior and correct the relationship with us. Uh, so we thought we had it all perfect. We were we were great parents, uh, and then then we adopted two uh, two that we started out with no relationship with uh, two that had. Uh, bad experience with uh, parents and with uh, physical uh, punishment. So you go to punish them, and that that chasm that you have in your relationship with them just grew larger. So we had to to figure out different uh, different ways. Uh, consequences uh, of actions uh, played a lot bigger role uh, with them. Uh, uh, time out, time away, time in your room, uh, things, uh, taking privileges away, uh, we're, we're much more effective with them. Um, I, I would say probably the biggest help in disciplining the kids in our house for me has been uh, to pray. And I had one specific prayer that I prayed over and over. Lord, I still pray it to this day. And that is the prayer that Solomon prayed uh, when he was put in charge of the kingdom, that the Lord would give him all the wisdom that he needed to rule the kingdom and the responsibilities to handle the responsibilities that he had well. And so, honestly, I pray all the time for God to give me new ways to correct, especially the two that have been adopted. And... um and and he's very faithful. He's always, always answering me, giving me new ideas, bringing people into my life that give me new ideas. And um, that's probably been the biggest help for me is just the prayer part of it. All these things that I've heard are really good things. Some of them I did and some of them I didn't. And it's really hard for me to believe that Cal was ever doing anything wrong. He's such a perfect boy. <laughs> I tell you, I am I'm thrilled that uh, that the Sunday school I teach get them first, <laughs> uh, and it's just a joy to me. Uh, one of the things that I might add to what's been said is um, kids learn things really quick, and uh, one of the rules that we always had was the parent that disciplines is the parent that gets love first. Because immediately the kids will want to go to the other one to get love. You know, they don't turn to you and put up their arms for a hug. They go try to run to the other one. And we always would say, you know, did mama spank you? Well, then you got to get hugs from her first. Or did dad's, but then you got to get hugs from them first. And, um, and they'll also try to play you against each other. The kids knew that if they wanted to do something, they'd just wait till I was busy. And then they come to me and, 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 and ask for it. And so we just had to say, you know, if you've been told by no, no to one, and you go to the other, that, that doesn't mean you get the right. You know, you, you've been told once, and that, that's what holds. And you will have to discipline them different. You know, uh, all, you know, our kids are like night and day different. Sarah's a real follower, and Chris is a real breaker. But um, I tell you, probably the most tender-hearted one is Chris, and uh, you know he always comes back and apologizes when he does stuff. When he does stuff wrong. So I guess I guess that's what I would add. Here's the wise one. Um. I, I don't know about you guys, but a lot of my uh, parenting, and, and especially with discipline, <clears throat> I um, would discipline in, in a certain way out of my own woundedness as a child from the way my parents 
disciplined. And so uh, one of the things that uh, my mom would do would be to correct us in front of other people, discipline us in front of other people, or to um, uh, share, you know, be talking a lot about what we would do wrong when we were you know, with other families and things like that. And my parents were great parents. I want to say that. Bruce and I were talking about that on the way up here, just everything that I gleaned from my parents because they were so, so good. But as we all know, none of us are perfect. And um, so that was kind of one of my things in discipline is that I, if I, if we were in a group of people and my children were acting out, I would remove them from the situation. Um, I would not discipline them in front of other people because of my own woundedness from that. Um, and so, um, also like when I was around other people, that would be a time that I would be giving praise about my child, not telling every bad thing that they had done, you know, over the last hours. But um, I also we would um, explain to the child, as people have already said, uh, explain to the child what they did wrong. We would say, we love you, and because we love you, we have to spank you because this is, this is the way to correct you. And so I remember one time... Sarah was um, playing with her dolls, and she said, I love you so much, but you disobeyed me, so I have to spank you. And I mean, she starts beating the tar out of this doll. (laughs) And I'm thinking, oh, my God. Goodness, because <laughs> we didn't we didn't have growing kids God's way, but we had a um, we disciplined with a glue stick, um, not a glue gun, a glue stick. <laughs> you know those long glue sticks? Yeah, because they're real flexible. Well, yeah, we especially had to do that because with Chris, I broke several wooden spoons. So, um, but we used a, a glue stick and just and I did exactly what you did. I would swap myself with it first so I could know kind of what it was going to feel like, and we kind of did and the number of swats of their age. So I don't know if um, if that's what they so do now. Okay <laughs> no, once they reach a certain age, especially we're like, you know what? Now God is going to discipline you. We would talk to them about God's discipline. Yeah. And before and, and you're going to go back to the worship uh, yeah. talk, but is there anything on prayer, you know, just you know, ways that you pray with your kids? We're going to hit on that real quick, but is there Sure. Um, of course, we all pray for our children. I love the thing you have in, in the little folder um, with prayers. Um, praying scriptures over them is wonderful. I love music, and so music speaks to me more than anything. I can't separate worship from prayer just because I'm an intercessor and a worshiper. And so, um, I, you know, there are lots of worship songs that says, I do this, I praise you, I, you know, those kinds of things. And so when I would worship with songs, I would put my kids' names in there. Um, Like there was a a Missy Edwards song that was like, I will run the race set before me. I will seek your face as the prize of my life. So whenever my son started deciding he wanted to (laughs) kind of maybe try out some other things, um, maybe try out more of a life of fun than uh, being sober in the things of God, but... uh, I would put his name and I would sing with all, I mean, with such conviction, Chris will run the race set before him. Chris will seek your face as the prize of his life. So that's really was my main intercession for my kids was singing songs because that's how I pray the most. Um, but putting their names, um, and I would do that with family, all kinds of family members, but especially my children, just uh, when I would see that, that God would need to shore something up a certain way. Um, but I would also just, um, one of the things I heard Gary say one time on Mother's Day, which just pierced my heart in regard to mothers praying for their children. He said, mothers, I want to ask you, are you praying for your children or are you worrying out loud? And I mean, that just pierced me. It pierced my heart because I thought, oh, my goodness, that's what I'm doing. 
I am worrying out loud. I'm going, oh, God, please. Oh, please let him follow after you. Please. I mean, I'm just worrying and whining out loud instead of praying the word of God over your children because we know those things work because they're in his word. And so um, that's I would also just encourage you to do that. Don't plead with the Lord uh, when you're praying with your children. Pray the word over them because he is true to his promises and he will he will accomplish those things that are in his word. One thing I might want to add is, um, and this is a, a word of wisdom that I got from a very wise lady, um, pick your battles. You know, they will do several things that are wrong, and some of them are trivial things. Uh, pick the more important things, because if you tell them, you know, if they do ten things wrong and you tell them about every one, it, they they might really focus in on the one that's really not that important. So... Pick the battles, the things that are most important, and focus on those. Um, for our younger children, quit laughing at me. Uh, <laughs> for our younger children, we did spank, and I think discipline was a little bit easier with younger children. As they've gotten older, it's just gotten harder and harder. And Greg and I come from very different backgrounds. Um, um, my mom was very merciful and very gracious, and uh, and I do think one of my spiritual gifts is mercy, so I tend to be very, very merciful with my children, and Greg's a little stricter, and so a lot of times we've not been on the same page, and that's been difficult, and um, wish we had done better, and, and, you know, but we did the best we could. We loved our children, and so anyway, I just encourage you to try to get on the same page, you know, that that would be great, so anyway. I share this uh, in a group like this. It's possible that some of us have come from backgrounds where we were not disciplined appropriately. It was done out of anger, uh, out of frustration or whatever. And we can have a tendency, we can follow along in that generational tradition or we can say, I'm not going to do that. I'm, you know, and, and we go the other way. But the right way is God's way. Um, if you struggle with with the discipline and abusive or near abusive way you're too strong man go to the lord and and find somebody to help you with that um i was probably oh no i was overly strict on my kids younger uh and and with my firstborn son and boy it's a challenge with your firstborn you want them to be perfect you know because everybody's looking at you you know, if I could do it all over, I would be less, uh, I would lower my expectations and, and less worried about him being perfect. Um, but later on, I went back and just started developing that relationship with love. Calling him, leaving messages on his voicemail when he was at college and, and trying to reestablish that. Um, but, and I see the same thing with our Heavenly Father. You know, if he wanted to, he could swat us down every day, five or six or 20 times a day. But yet his constant communication is he has a righteous standard. But there's an incredible love there, you know, that goes along with that. It doesn't, it doesn't do away with the standard or say it's okay. But just trying to continue that relationship and, and love. And, and I've, uh, in the last several years, been working on that aspect of my life, and, and I think it, it's helped with the relationships with the kids. But that wasn't something I saw modeled in my family. Uh, so I want to encourage you, if you didn't have good models, get with people that did have good models or are good models. But we're kind of getting a second chance because our 26-year-old has moved home again. <laughs> so we are getting time to invest in his life again. And to me, it's a real blessing to be able to do that. Um, your story about the grocery store and the screaming kid, I was thinking this week about, you know, parenting issues. And I was thinking, you know, sometimes my... Why, why am I wanting to discipline my kid is because I am embarrassed to death that my kid is in the grocery store screaming. I mean, is that why I'm so angry with my child is because all these people are looking at me and they're thinking I'm a horrible parent and whatever. And that is not the time to discipline your child when you are 
you know, your heart is not right. It's because you're embarrassed. Um, I'm a, you know, I'll admit it, I'm, I'm a people pleaser. That's the thing I have to struggle against. I, what other people think of me matters to me. And that's something that, you know, that I deal with in my life. And so I have to, I had to be really careful that I wasn't disciplining out of, um, that motive. Um, the other thing I want to say is we've talked about consistency and I like the little chart thing down there. Um, I think it gives your children a sense of security when they know what the consequences are going to be. Um, and that may sound convoluted, but um, just like, you know, our father is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I mean, we, we know that he is holy, but that he is also mercy. You know, we know that about him. And I think if children know these are the consequences for this kind of action, that there's a sense of security in that. They, they don't have to be afraid that, this time you're going to fly off the handle and, you know, do something you probably wish you didn't do later. Another time it's not going to be, um, there's no consequence. Um, I just think it gives them a sense of security. Make sure uh, as you discipline, uh, the child is reassured that you love them no matter what. Now, sweetie, We don't like what you just did, and you understand why, don't you? But we love you. Don't unknowingly allow your relationship to get into a mode of the child thinking they've got to earn your love. They already have your love. Make sure they know that. Don't let them put two and two together and get 12. Ooh, mommy or daddy just spanked me because I did that. They don't like me anymore. You, I, I know none of us in this room would ever intend for that to happen. Don't let it unknowingly happen either. Reassure them that you love them no matter what. I want to um, go back one more thing, too, just to reiterate setting your kids up for success. And I think that's something – there's a lot of things that we did wrong, and um, but I know some of the things that we did right. And one of them is to set our kids up. Um, and I know Stephanie hit on it, but before we went anywhere, we would sit with our kids, whether, like we're making the drive or going to my dad's house or wherever – and set up the expectations. This is what I expect you to do. This is how, remember, what are, what are our manners when we go to this place? Or remember, we want to be a blessing here. These people don't know the Lord. And just whatever situation it might be or going out to eat, and you need your kids to be quiet and respectful because the people around needed to get out tonight. And we don't know what's on their heart and what they needed to talk about. But then after they've done it, you know, Whisper in their ear, whatever, you're doing a great job. I love the way you're doing this. And, oh, my goodness, they'll beam, and they want to do more. And they love those words of affirmation. And so um, I feel like that, we had great success with that because it was consistent. We always did it. We didn't even think that we were doing it until someone actually brought it to our attention. I really like how you do this to your ki- with your kids. And and then it was like, yeah, you know, that's good. Yeah, it is. It is we all want to do well, and we all want to know that we're doing well, but sometimes we have to know what does doing well look like. What is, you know, what's our expectation? Uh, well, we're getting to the last 20, 25 minutes, and know that you all are going to have some questions. And uh, a couple of things I wanted just to, to hit on as you as you prepare, you know, to, you know, you know, kind of go in that next step to understand your kids. We put in a Gary Smalley uh, personality test. And uh, kind of where some of this came from, I don't know if any of y'all have ever seen this book, but it's called The Treasure Tree. I don't know how familiar any of y'all are with this. But it's a great book that talks about the four personality types. You got the uh, you, you got your lion, who's kind of your leader, type A. You got the beaver, who is the engineer. Think, you know, lion is daring, unafraid of new situations, likes to lead, makes decisions quickly. You've got the otter, talks a lot, tells wild stories, likes to do all kinds of fun things, enjoys being in groups, always happy, sees good part of everything. 
your golden retriever, you know, always loyal, faithful to friends, listens carefully to others, likes to help others, peacemaker. Uh, a lot of times they're a yielder, uh, patient and willing to wait to, for something. Then you have your beaver, neat and tidy, notices little details, sticks with something until it's done, doesn't like to quit in the middle of a game, always asks a lot of questions, likes things done the same way, tells things of just the way they are. You know, I think it's good for you know, one. Uh, Luke loves reading this book because this is a story of these four personality types going on a on a treasure hunt. So you see how the four personality gets along and how they each win in doing it in their own personality way. And uh, it's on the book list in the back. But of uh, the of uh, you know, one of the things I would encourage you. You may have already kind of done this, but you can go through and do a inventory of each child and kind of circle the things that, yeah, that's them. And then kind of do a wait and say, are they kind of an otter beaver? Are they kind of an otter golden retriever? And th- that'll help you to begin to help them plan and just to say, hey, you know, you know, you know, this is, you know, this is a better way to discipline them. This is a better way to help them interact with their friends. The reason they're getting frustrated when they put, whenever they go over to Susie's house is because Susie's a beaver and your daughter's an otter. And there's conflict because fun looks differently and they don't really understand that. Well, you know what? She's not wrong because she likes to do fun this way. That She just sees life a different way. So it helps your child begin to appreciate other people's differences. And so it's a good way to be, begin to teach how do you live in community? Because I think we as Christians need to learn how to do that. So with, uh, I would challenge everybody to do this with all their kids. And uh, maybe do it on yourself first. You know, there's a lot of, you know, there are other personality tests out there, but look at that. And then of, there, we also, this prayer card that was mentioned of, Margaret put this in here. I can't take credit for this, but thank you for putting this in, Margaret. But, uh, you know, this is ways to pray for your kids. You know, just some good words, you know, self-control, some verses. And uh, what, what, the church we were at before, they had passed out these prayer cards that literally had blanks, and you would pray pray things for people and pray their name into the verse. And I think that is powerful. So sitting with a verse and saying, you know, may Caleb always be merciful, just as Caleb, I mean, just as Caleb's father is merciful. And pray those verses. I think there's great power in that. So I would challenge you to make that a huge part of what you're doing. Um, you know, there's a lot that, that, that I've asked everybody to think of some good ideas and some things that they've done, maybe some good family night ideas. I'd like for somebody to hit chores. I think chores is always, you know, it's a way to put in discipline, put in a regiment. So uh, I want to kind of open it up. If, if, are there some questions you guys have that you're like, hey, I want to make sure this, this gets asked. I don't want anybody to leave with an unanswered question. So if any of you have a question, you can kind of think about it and raise your hand, and I'll make sure I'll, you, we get your attention, we acknowledge it. But uh, do you have anything you want to say? Obviously, in three hours, we're not going to hit everything. And one thing that we were not able to talk about today were the love languages of your children. And I think the personalities actually go along with the love languages. I believe they do. And um, I would challenge you to, if we have another one, or if we get together again, we can discuss the five love languages. There's a book on the five love languages, and it's in your resources. And then there's one, five love languages of your children. (laughs) And the reason it's important to know that, it's important to know that with your spouse, with your friends, because that's how you're filling their love tank. That's how they, when you know how they accept, we all accept love in different ways and like it, but there's usually one or two that are just really your special ones of how your love tank gets filled. And so it's important for that so your child knows and you're feeding that love language. But also, when you're disciplining them, you need to know their love language. Because if their love language is words of affirmation and you are angry with them, that is going to drain that bank. And it's okay. I mean, you, there's a righteous anger and there's a need for a discipline. But knowing that's their love language helps you choose your words wisely, which we should be anyway. But um, 
or gifts of service. You know, there's just so many ways. I can't go into all of them. I'm not allowed to right now. But um, but it really, that just, it helps in so many ways, both in filling their love tank and in helping you discipline and knowing where they are. But the personality is huge, and it does help. I love the treasure tree. All of our kids do. And um, Luke would read it every night. At first, I thought it was just so he could read the whole thing. But <laughs> we had to say, you know, just two chapters. But um, anyway, it does. I like that you get to see the different personalities and then help your children recognize, look how they work together. And look how he was so good at that, you know, where she was good at this over in the other, resolving another problem. So I really like that. Also with the prayer, um, Praying the scriptures is huge. I think it's. I believe it's important. Um, also, praying with your children is very important. Um, they are born sinners. They know how to sin. We're training them to learn righteousness and Christ's way. We also need to train them in prayer because that's not a natural habit for them either. And it, that's going to look different for each child too. We. Um, some of our easier children, one of our easiest children, um, prayer has been an issue with that child. And um, just training that child. We've heard it come. It's the youngest. I'll just say it now. So I can say we've heard Bonnie saying, you must pray before we go to bed. You have to pray before we eat. We have to pray. So it's like a little Nazi prayer person over there. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> You know, calm down. He needs to, it's a heart issue, you know, Bonnie. We need to train him to love, to pray, to talk to God, to learn from his scriptures. Because that was another thing. You must read the scriptures with me. He's like, I don't want to. I want to read the treasure tree. So, <laughs> um, so just teaching them that and teaching them the love. And they do need to see that modeled, too. Um, that's important and your love for it, not that you're sitting there because it's the next thing to do, but because you love it and you're speaking to your Heavenly Father who you have a relationship with. So, All right. Well, panel, why don't you give, uh, if, you, if, if there are a few nuggets, you know, hey, one thing that's wor- really worked well with our family, you know, whether it be a family night thing or, you know, uh, you know, good way to chores or just live in life, you know, just... Give out a few nuggets and be somewhat brief. Uh, chores. Our kids have always had a chore chart. Uh, as they're getting older, um, what we've what we're experimenting with is working so far is they they have chore charts to do each day. They print off a copy on the, on the computer and they mark them off each day they've done them. And uh, we do reward them with a little bit of money, a little commission money at the end of the week. Um, if they don't do the chore or if they do it late, they still have to do the chore. They just don't get any pay for it. But with our older two, we're finding they're, they're, you know, getting, they're attracted to social events. And so their schoolwork comes first, their chores, and that equals freedom on the weekend to have friends over or, or whatever's going on. And if they don't, we, you know, we just turn back on them and say, well, this is your choice because you didn't do this and you didn't do this. And as soon as that's met, then you have the freedom. With younger kids, maybe that wouldn't work so well, but with the older one, it's, it seems to be... They seem to uh, enjoy the chores a little more now. And I'll add, uh, the way we do our, res- we call it responsibilities. Um, responsibilities in the home. And so they, I printed just exactly what they have to do every, every day. Make your bed, you know, clean your room. I mean, just simple things that just are required. But then they draw six more. I just did little popsicle sticks. And I just wrote all, a bunch of chores that needed to be done around the house. It could be dusting upstairs, dusting downstairs, vacuuming upstairs, cleaning a bathroom, whatever. They're all on there, and then they draw six of them, one a day. So the other chores are simple and just making your bed, but there's one that's a little bit more challenging. And so they get to choose where it's going to fall on their week, and then we just put that on the chart. And that way they're not stuck with the same thing every day, but um, every week they get a different chance to draw it's not as exciting to draw as it used to be. But um, anyway, that has helped somewhat for us. Uh, one of the most important things I think that we did in our house and has really proved to be successful so far is um, we prepared our kids for adolescence. 
Um, and we did it through a series of talks with them, mostly culminating with the purity retreat weekend. We would go away, and we would really focus on the issue of purity, not just sexual purity, but moral purity and what that looks like and the repercussions of that in your life and, um, and the repercussions of choosing other ways to walk. Uh, and one of the ways that we prepared them for adolescence is we sat each of them down as before this is happening to them. And we talked to them about the physical changes that they were going to experience in their body so that there were no surprises. And we talked to them, probably more importantly, about the emotional issues that they were going to face and how God created them to separate from their families and they would start to have autonomous thoughts that were their own. They wouldn't always be thinking the exact same things that their parents were thinking and that there would come a day when they would look at us and we would be explaining something to them and they would feel inside that we were foolish and that what we had to offer was foolishness because they had a different thought. And um, we explained to them that their different thought is not necessarily wrong, but they should never think that their different thinking makes somebody else's thinking invaluable and that you know satan like everything else will twist that in their during that period of natural separation when they are becoming young men and women satan will get in there and try to ruin relationships and um them knowing that before it happened was amazing for them because when we would be having discussions and i would see clearly there was that look that said this is foolishness we would finish the conversation, and I would say, "Do you what just happened in your heart?" And they would remember the previous conversations. So it was really helpful. Yeah, we we did talk to them about uh, how their uh, how God naturally designed in them to be separating a, a way to uh, someday form their form their own family, and how. Uh, in the in the middle years there uh, that they would uh, sometimes want to be treated like an adult and sometimes act like a child and sometimes we would expect them to act like adults and they would uh, act like children and we just told them up front that these are are going to be tough years as you go through all that and as long as we can keep a dialogue going uh, we'll do okay and and we've referred back to that uh, multiple times and and it's gone well so far Um, with respect to the to the chores um, we do we do have a list and also it's been our our habit uh, most of the time to have Saturday be a work day and I generally am the one to create a list probably of, of 12 different things that need to be done around the house whether it's to capture dust bunnies or a you know, go weed weed the garden, um, and we just say, you know, families have to, you know, all chip in and and earn your keep. Uh, if you don't want to earn your keep and you don't want to eat, that's okay. Um, so, and actually, as as they've had uh, friends over, the friends have been captured into having to help with the chores as well. Yeah, and and. And honestly, if if we really want our our kids to grow up to be functioning adults, functioning, responsible, hardworking, you start to name the virtue, the character quality that you want them to to learn and to be. Those don't those don't come for free. Uh, those all come with some effort. Um, one thing I will say, um, Five Love Languages is an awesome book, and um, it helped in our marriage as much as it helped with our kids, um, because for the longest time, Deb and I were telling each other we loved each other in our love language, so neither one of us were hearing it. And when we realized what the love language was, then we started, oh, oh. You've been telling me you love me all along. I just didn't know. Um, it is so true. I mean, it's like revolutionary. And therefore, once we learned and were so touched by it, we our kids were older. Um, my youngest is 29. 
So it's been a long time ago, and all these things that everybody else has said are great stuff. Um, but we read the book together with our children. We would take we would take a day uh, when school was out, and they just finished with with public school. Um, we or whatever kind of school it was, we would go to a um, a motel and um, or a hotel, and we would spend the, the night there, and we would read through that book. Um, one of the things I will say about um, about chores. This, this is good stuff that they said. One of the bad things is, uh, and this is where I failed a lot, it's easier to do it myself than to make them do it. That's one of my biggest failures, and that is a selfish choice. Because what you're saying by doing it yourself is, I don't want to put forth the effort to train you to do it. It's good for you, but I don't care because it's easier for me to do it myself. And um, that's one of the biggest things that I've learned, that that is a bad choice. (laughs) And we always told our kids to make wise choices, and that wasn't a bad choice that I made. Um, I think scripture memory is critical because God's word does not go out without accomplishing a purpose. So if you memorize scripture, it's going to have an effect in your life. And if you encourage your kids to memorize scripture, which means you've got to do it too, then that word will affect them. (laughs) It won't not affect them. It will affect them, and it will change them. Um, One of the things, one of the stories that I really love, it didn't happen with my, well, I guess it happened with my children in a sense. It happened with my granddaughter is um, she uh, was, they were out somewhere, and and she chose not to eat her food. And so on the way home, they were driving, and they heard her in the back seat talking, and she was talking to her tummy, and she says, Tummy, I'm sorry you're hungry, but I made a bad choice. <laughs> so giving them choices is a good thing. Uh, just the thing that I guess would come to me is that you need to work on your relationship with the Lord and continue to just press into him because there are going to be difficult times, challenging times. Stephanie mentioned she went into a room and just cried or whatever the case may be. Um, but you need to take care of yourself spiritually so that you can persevere through those difficult times. Um one idea that I just like to present was one we just did this year, and our children are grown, and we have four four grandchildren. But um, for Thanksgiving, we did a Thanksgiving psalm based on Psalm 136. And if you look at that psalm, it's you know it lists what God has done, and then His love endures forever, and then God did this, and His love endures forever, and it's kind of a antiphonal kind of thing and we've we've read this before at thanksgiving just read it out of the scripture but this year i thought it would be a good idea for us to write our own thanksgiving psalm and so we did and so every member of our family from the oldest to um, the three-year-old contributed and i asked them to uh, give at least one thing that they were thankful for in the last year one one way you know that they saw god work or whatever and i figured it would be uh, thank you for Legos or something, you know. But I was amazed they would they submitted them to me, and um, you know it's it's page front and back. It's it's beautiful, and I thought we need to do this every year because it's a legacy of what God has done in our life that year. Um, the little little ones, you know, one was um, God helping me not be afraid of storms, or helped me. Uh, be able to go to my class without crying, you know, for the little ones. Uh, I mean, we had a year with miscarriage and and um, illness and whatever, but everybody affirmed, you know, God walked me through this. He was here in the hard places. Um, I mean, it was just amazing and beautiful. I thought, I didn't know my children and my sons-in-law could write like this, you know. Um, 
but I, I'm going to keep them, you know, in every year. And just what uh, it just gives people uh, a right perspective because there are awesome things going in our lives, even when they're, you know, everything's not wonderful. But God is there in the midst of all of it. So that's an idea that I'd like to share. <laughs> what really stands out to me is the whole concept of modeling. Let your kids see you as you are. Be true to your Lord and love him with your whole heart and let your kids see that. They will pick up on that big time. Let them see you love your spouse. Yeah, if, if it's dinner time, the kids are gathering at the table and you want to kiss mom big time in front of the open refrigerator, do it. They'll get to an age where they say, ooh, yuck. <laughs> but it means so much to them. Uh, one year for, for our anniversary, the, I think the kids were about junior high age. I decided to kidnap Mary. And she was the only one who didn't know I was going to do this. <laughs> it was a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> but <clears throat> I, let the, I let the girls take part in this. I, I let them in on my plans, the details, we're going to do this, I'm going to... I'm going to have a bag all packed with her stuff in her, and I'm going to pick her up, and we're just going to drive to Dallas and go to this hotel. And I let the girls pack mom's bag. Let them in on those things. They talked about that for years. That impressed them about how much we love each other and how much... Our love is based in the context of our Father's love for us and our, our love for the Father. So don't hold back in front of your kids. Well, I want to honor everyone's time. And when Margaret and Stephanie and I sat and talked, we were like, we can't do this in three hours. It's not possible. But uh, if you flip over to the homework page... <clears throat> what I would, uh, you know, a couple of things I, I would say. One, uh, June 14th, put it on your calendar. Uh, we will be, meet up here. Is it 6 or 7? You, 7? So 7 o'clock, well, where do you think we'll meet? We'll just meet in here at 7 o'clock on Tuesday, June 14th, p.m. Will there be child care? Yes, there, there, there will be child care. And, uh, and so probably, uh, unfortunately, we can't answer a lot of your questions now, but come with your questions then. And uh, if you want to get some of these people's emails, phone numbers, I mean, I, I think some of you may have people you're already talking to, but some of you probably could use a mentoring relationship. And I would challenge you to step outside of, who, outside of your world and go get some help. Bounce some ideas off of people and just say, hey, this is what we've done. You know, th th this is what I think I need to change. And the, uh, the homework, the first thing is, you know, uh, you know, parents get together. If you're a single parent, uh, get, get a friend together and have a meeting and really just, you know, g g go spend two hours at a Starbucks, take these notes and begin to say, okay, where are we succeeding? Where are we lacking? And then choose two to four things that you say, hey, these are agreements. These are things we want to start working on. And uh, and the, the parents being together, loving each other well, being a team, I can't tell you how important that is. Satan's main goal is to divide you. That's the, My big fear of doing this class was the, the, what's how Satan was going to attack our marriage. I was like, going, we're going to talk about parenting. Satan's going to be all over us. I was like, I don't want to deal with that. It's too much going on. But I've just expect that. But, uh, you know, under number two, we've got a list of several things that you can do. Uh, one of those, my, my friend Lauren uh, Big, he is really good about couch time. And that's something that uh, Growing Kids Godway set up. And the idea with couch time is, is in the evening, mom and dad get together on a couch where the kids can see them. And we basically, you're telling the kids, hey, the number one relationship in this home is mom and dad. If mom and dad ain't right, 
nothing's going to be good. If all we're doing is taking you all these places and loving you and playing with you, but mom and dad never talk, our house is fractured. So mom and dad have to be together. But mom and dad sit down and they have a talk. And if you could do it every day, that should be the goal. But three to five days a week, here's three questions that Lauren uses. We haven't always been great about couch time. That's why I went to, when I was talking to Lauren. I was like, Lauren, okay, tell me your questions again because the ones I use don't always stay good. But these are the questions he and Sue use. But of uh, that shows in front of your kids a united front because when they come in, they want to say, no, 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 this is mom and dad's couch time. And you, you kind of nicely establish that. So two-year-olds, they realize you're going to sit and read a book right now because this is mom and dad's time. So that would be one thing I would just definitely challenge you. Look at some of these others. Take these great ideas that have been here. And, uh, and, and we'll be following up with you. We'll see you on the 14th, but we might you know, do some follow-up emails because my goal for you guys walking out is to come up with a 90-day plan. You got the summer. It's attainable. Between now and Labor Day, where can you take some ground in your parenting? Draw some stakes in the ground. This is a battle. So I want you to think of two to four things that you can say, hey, in our marriage, in my, you know, in, in my parenting with these kids, what two or three things can I do? Get you a friend to pull alongside you and uh, make a plan. So that, that's my challenge to you. Uh, the panel, some of us will stick around. Uh, so anybody that wants to stay a little bit later, we're, we're happy to answer any questions that you have. But, uh, Mike, w- would you close us in a word of prayer and just pray, pray a prayer of blessing on these parents here? Yeah. Uh, dear Father, we just we thank you uh, for this time that we can come together, Lord, and just um, seek to know you better and to uh, transfer your love to our kids and our families, Lord. Um, Lord, we just uh, we just acknowledge that none of us here are perfect, Lord, and we need you. We need your direction, Lord. And I just pray that your spirit would fall upon all of us and that um, in our shortcomings you would fill in, Lord, and that you would just empower us in every way that would be from you that we raise our children, Lord. We love them dearly, and um, as much as we love them, we know you just you love them so much more. We can't even imagine that, Lord. It's, just, it's beyond us. And so we just... Uh, just commit our faith and just um, trust in you, Lord, that you will uh, that you will strengthen our lives, that you will lead us, Lord, and uh, in raising our kids, Lord. We thank you for Eric and Stephanie um, seeing the need in our society for this, Lord, and in our churches, and uh, giving their time today, Lord. I think we've all uh, just uh, learned a lot, Lord, just being here, and uh, we thank you in Jesus' name. We pray, Lord. Amen. Thank you. Uh, let's give a hand to Miss Margaret for wanting to do this.